Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. Who we have today with us is Stacy McGowan, who's been an entrepreneur throughout her life. She's done different things and off late runs Point Blank Safety Services. We'll find out what that is all about, but I do know that she works with ex-policemen, ex-cops in that particular organization. She also runs Blue Family Fund, which is a nonprofit, and we'll hear all about that from her as well. Welcome, Stacy. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and we can go from there. Okay. Yeah, I was born in Abilene, Texas, born and raised. If you don't know Texas, Abilene is a tiny little town. Well, I mean, tiny in perspective to uh, Metroplex, I guess. But and my, my parents were entrepreneurs. They actually ran five retail clothing stores for 44 years. So I grew up um, always knowing that I wanted to own my own business. I wanted to be in business for myself. And always thought that that would be in retail, you know, following in their footsteps. Never really even considered leaving the little town of Abilene, which um, I, I like to say there would be no Abilene if it wasn't for um, an Air Force base that's there and, and a college. <laughs> you know, there's no industry or anything like that in that town. But um, yeah, so grew up there and um, learned a lot about uh, small town living and how it matters, you know, sometimes who you know, not what you know, kind of kind of life. And eventually um, ended up meeting my husband, who's a police officer. We married and um, have spent the last 20 years in the Metroplex, DFW, specifically Fort Worth. So tell us a little bit about the retail stores. I'm pretty curious. Uh, how did that go? Were you happy with how things went there or lessons learned from there? Oh, I learned so. <laughs> I learned so much. I always thought that's what I wanted to do because my mom did it and she was very successful at it. You know, I, I, I call her the original badass because she um, ran those stores for 44 years, you know, leaving every day before 6 a.m., I mean, before 7 a.m. and coming home every night after 7 p.m., but yet I don't ever remember having a takeout. You know, she cooked a, a hot meal every single night, so that was just the, the example that was set for me. Um, I did work in my mom's stores for years um, right out of college, um, but it just wasn't ever my passion. You know, I... I I was not comfortable sitting back and waiting for customers to come to me. I really um, had the inner drive and, and things to, to kind of want to make things happen. I, I've always kind of been a mover and, and shaker, if you will. But being, being that I was, you know, my mom's child, when a, a lingerie store came for sale in Abilene, Texas, I immediately thought, that's what I'm supposed to do. So I went and got an SBA loan and, and bought the lingerie store. And ironically, it was about the same time that Victoria's Secret launched in every shopping mall across America. Mm. So they could sell it for what I could buy it for. So there was no competing with a conglomerate like that. Um, so needless to say, that didn't work out for me. You know, and, I, you know, some people call it a failure. I really don't because I think I learned a lot. And I also think success has a lot to do with timing in life, you know, and I think when I was that young, I think I was 23 when I bought that store, you know, I expected success. I thought it was just going to happen. And I don't think I appreciated what it takes to get there. So, you know, sometimes in life, everything happens when it's supposed to. So what are the services that you provide under Point Blank now? And how long has the company been around? Well, I came up with the idea in 2012. Um, I, my husband, police officer, as I said, and as a police wife, you know, we relied a lot on off-duty work 
just to make ends meet or to plan for a vacation or to buy braces or, or whatever the case may be, because a lot of police officers at least in Texas, don't make a lot of money. So my husband would get off-duty work here and there, but it was really random, and we never really knew when it was coming, and so there was no real budgeting or planning. So I came up with this idea, a marketplace, if you will, for off-duty work for police officers. So they can actually schedule up to 30 days in advance how many off-duty days they want to work. You know, So if they're, they're planning for a big event, they can add more days, or if they don't want to work off duty for a while, they can subtract days. And it really allows um, police officers to budget and plan and, and, you know, lead a normal quote unquote <laughs> police life, if you will. So um, we, I started, I got the idea and I started the business in 2012 and worked for two years. And this is the part I really like for people to understand is I worked for two years while working a full-time job and raising two kids and being a police wife, trying to get this this idea started. So, um, you know, a lot of people look at the success I have now and think, you know, it was just handed to me. That is just absolutely not the case. I worked every spare minute trying to get this company going. And in 2014, uh, we landed our first $1.5 million contract and the company has just exploded from there. So what we offer is uh, active duty police officers for security, site security, or traffic control. In Texas, TxDOT requires that police officers be on site for the highway construction work. So they may be, you know, blocking a lane or closing a lane so that the construction workers can do their job. And um, so we have a lot of those contracts. And then we also have a lot of just, you know, construction site security contracts because those those construction items are very expensive and, and the clients like to keep those protected, obviously. So is it uh, fair to say that you're also acting as a platform on the one side, you're bringing in these contracts on the other side, you're actually bringing in the personnel, you know, the cops, they're off duty hours and allowing them to schedule and manage their own, own lives. Exactly. Exactly. So it's really a win-win for the clients because they, they have one point of contact for hiring and scheduling police officers um, and then, you know, we do all the 1099s and we do all the, the um, payroll and all that for these officers. So it kind of alleviates a whole position um, for the client. They can, you know, free someone up to do something more revenue generating. And then it also helps out the officers that work for us. So um, at this point, we have about 200 officers that work for us all over the, the state of Texas. And, you know, it's really motivating when you know there's 200 families, you know, relying on you for consistent Works so that helps me really get up in the morning and make sure that we have those contracts in place so those guys can can um, get the work that they need. That's pretty awesome. So, are you focused on Texas at this point? Or are you looking at uh, growing nationally as well? Well, we're still. I mean, Texas is so huge. <laughs> we're yes. there's still some markets in Texas we haven't broken into yet. We we would like to break into Houston. You know, we're not not down there yet. So, I mean, we I think we should conquer Texas first, and then maybe we can look at some other options. But yeah, we just continue to to grow. And, you know, it's kind of a joke here in Texas that there's two two seasons here, you know, winter and highway construction. <laughs> so, you know, there's definitely the, the need for the officers on these highway construction projects because they're always building and adding lanes and, and changing bridges and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, and just recently we added to our port- portfolio, we now offer active shooter response training um, to some of our corporate clients. It's sad that that's 
a need nowadays, but it really is. You really need to know how to respond and what to do in the event that something like that does happen. So how's the word spreading within the police community? Is it a lot of word of mouth? Absolutely. Well, police, you know, they're a very, um, almost like a family, if you will, you know, the thin blue line um, family. And so, yeah, absolutely. People that, that work for us tell other, other guys and, and, you know, we pay a referral stipend if they um, bring somebody on board, you know, that they've, they've worked with or, or uh, recommend. And um, yeah, it's just, uh, just kind of grown from there. But we actually have officers that, I mean, we've been doing this seven years and we actually have officers that are still with us today that were with us at day one. So, you know, it just goes to show if you, if you, you know, make sure you have the work available, you make sure you pay people, you know, in an expedient manner, you know, we pay via direct deposit. We offer some, some benefits like group discounts on, on different things. So if you, if you take care of people and really treat them right, they, um, they stick with you and are very loyal. Um, so, you know, when you hire professionals, you have to treat them like professionals, I guess. Absolutely. And what is the blue family fund? So, yeah. So in 2017, um, my husband and I looked at each other and we said, you know what, this company has blessed us so much. You know, we are, are so successful. Um, what can we do to pay it forward, if you will, or pay it back? And we just decided to, we looked around at some, some different charities and organizations to give to. And we just, we were real disappointed in the breakdown of, of where the money goes when, when you, you give. And um, not to say there's not some great ones out there, because there are. But just the ones that we looked into, we just, you know, we work hard for our money just like everyone else. So we just wanted to know where our money was going. And so we just said, you know what, why don't we just, just fund, fund our own? And so we're totally self-funded. We started, um, it's a 501c3 nonprofit, and we provide scholarships for dependents of first responders that want to further their education. And we also provide financial aid to either fallen or injured, you know, the families of fallen or injured officers to help them kind of get through that, that tragic situation. So we're founded in 2017 and to date we've helped seven families and we've given out three scholarships. That's pretty awesome. And how uh, 2017 you said, right? That's when you yes. were formed. Mm -hmm. All right. So what, what is the general feedback from, from the police community in terms of the work that you're doing? They love it. Um, absolutely love it. That, you know, they can, we, we actually, my husband's the, the king of the scheduling, but he sends out an availability schedule 30 days in advance. Mm -hmm. so you, you can just literally plug in what days you want to work. Um, so you, you actually pick and choose exactly how many days you want or don't want. Mm -hmm. And you send that back to us. And then we match those days up with jobs that are available. So you actually know, um, you know, up to 30 days in advance, exactly when you're working, you know, and when you'll be paid. Um, and that's pretty, pretty key for these guys. They really need that. So what's your vision for, for your company as well as your nonprofit? My vision is just to continue to, to grow, continue to help more, more officers do what they need to do. You know, somebody had asked me once about, you know, selling or, or if I was ever going to get out of the business and, you know, I love it too much. I, I re we really love what we do. We get up every morning excited and, you know, it's a, it's a new day every day. And, you know, I'd like to expand our offerings so we could um, do, you know, use more police Someone mentioned to me too about, you know, firemen and, and um, paramedics, you know, they have that downtime too and they need extra work. So, you know, I'm open to all kinds of new ideas and ways to expand. I think, you know, once you get success, you, you just want it to keep going and you just want to keep growing and it's very exciting. Um, it's also exciting when you can 
you know, make money and help people at the same time. That's, um, that's just a win-win. As far as Blue Family Fund, um, we, we just want to, we had our first fundraiser that we've ever done back in January, and we're, we've decided to make that an annual thing. We raised $11,000 at mm-hmm. that event, and it was our first, first big event to put on, so we learned a lot. Um, so we're hoping, you know, just every year to get better at that, understand, you know, how that all works, and, you know, we're all new, new to the nonprofit um, arena, but but we're uh, throwing our hats in and giving it all we've got. See, one of the things with any public contracts is, you know, it's a catch-22 situation, right? You need to make sure that you have the financial backing as well as the personnel on board before you take a project versus you need a project before you can bring the personnel on board. So how did you manage that? Well, it's funny that you, you mentioned that because when I do speaking engagements, I always talk about that, that, you know, I was out there with a business card and a, and a name of a company trying to get these contracts. And it is a slippery slope. You can't really get a contract until you have a staff of officers. You can't really get a staff of officers until you have a contract. So it's kind of what comes first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing. But luckily, um, when we did get, you know, I woke up that, that day in 2014 and found a $1.5 million contract on my door. We were able to reach out, you know, it's kind of a perfect match because my husband being a police officer, he had the police contacts and me being in sales for 20 years, I had the corporate contacts. So he was able to put the word out and people, you know, just spread it like, like wildfire and um, everybody wanted to, to come on board. So it ended up working out, but yeah, it was definitely a, a, a risky, a risky move on my part, if you will. Cause I, you know, there was always that chance that we weren't going to have the manpower that was needed for that huge contract. Right. And when you actually had your store, how long did you have it? About four and a half years. Now, you know, you, you mentioned how you did not succeed with it. So what was that journey like? Can you talk through uh, that journey, you know, every year when you were, you still had the store, you had to somehow make it work. What were uh, some of the emotions that you went through? And eventually when you folded it, how did that happen? And what were the lessons learned? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I was young and so, you know, had a, had a probably too big of an ego at the time and, you know, didn't, didn't really drill down to a niche, I guess, if you will. I thought, you know, a lingerie store should have everything lingerie, you know, well, that's not realistic, especially not in a little town like Abilene. So I overspent, over inventoried, you know, and, and it was hard to admit that I, you know, I knew where I had made mistakes, but of course I, you know, nobody wants to admit that it's their fault, right? Everyone wants to say, well, it's got to be, you know, I'm not getting enough traffic or I'm not doing the right marketing or, you know, it's got to be something other than um, I spent all the money on one brand of, of, you know, sleepwear that didn't sell or whatever the case may be. So it was a struggle and, and you know, you have a good day and then you have a bad day and you have a good day and then you have a bad day as far as retail goes. My mom used to always say it's feast or famine in the, in the retail industry. And it's so true. You're either so busy or you don't see, you know, but one customer for two days or something, you know, it's, it's just crazy how that works. But so it was a really a mental, mental game for myself trying to figure out, you know, what to do, where to spend the money and not wanting, you know, my parents were experts at this, but my ego didn't want me to have to go to them and go, you know, Hey guys, I I think I might be screwing up. What do I do? You know, how do I fix it? You know, I I just always thought I was going to be just as successful as they were. And when that didn't happen, um, it took me a while to really come back from that, honestly, 
because mm-hmm. I felt like such a failure. You know, my whole family, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but my grandparents own retail stores, my aunt and uncle own retail stores. Like, like it was just ingrained in me that that's what, that's what our family did. And then to not be successful at it. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was tough. Definitely. But being a, a never give up kind of person, you know, I really, um, you know, just tried to stay positive and tried to focus on, you know, what, what's my next big thing? What can I do now? You know? So what year did you shut it down? Oh gosh. Uh, I think I was 23 when I started. So, you know, I think I was 27 or 28. Okay. You know, so when you started your other company, Point Blank Safety Services, were there any questions or any doubts in your mind as you set off on that new journey? Of course. <laughs> Tons. Well, the fun, the ironic thing or not funny thing is that I went to my parents, you know, who were at, at the time, you know, in their 70s. And I said, you know, here's my idea. I, I think I can make a marketplace for off-duty work for these police officers. And, you know, I think I can really make a difference. And, you know, they're supportive and they've always been supportive, but, you know, I think they both looked at me and said, what? Like, that's, Mm -hmm. that's not a thing. Like nobody does that, you know, like their idea of a business is a brick and mortar and, you know, you sell a product or or service. And so, you know, that's tough to hear, you know, your parents go, um, are you crazy? Like, what what are you (laughs) doing? You know, and you're taking all this time away from our grandkids to, to try to get this thing going. And, you know, you're trying to run a family and, and all that. So that was tough. And then my husband, who's very supportive of me, you know, I told him the idea and, and he got it, but he just didn't think as big as I did. So he, he thought, oh, okay, she's going to, you know, form this company and then we're going to get one little security gig here or there and, you know, make a couple extra bucks and, and, you know, that'll be fine. But I was thinking million dollar contracts and hundreds of officers. So, you know, sometimes when you, when you think big, there is power in that, but you just have to not listen to the negative and just, just push through. And especially if you believe in your idea, if you have, if you're solving a problem in the industry and you know, you're solving a problem, you know, it may take two years like me, like mine did, but in the big picture of life, two years is nothing. Right. I mean, um, when I look back on it, you know, like two years, that wasn't that much, but when I was going through it, man, it felt like a long, long time. So what's your vision for uh, Point Blank as, as well as uh, Blue Family Fund? Um, just to continue helping people, continue doing what we're doing. You know, we've made some really great connections in the, in the construction industry. Um, and so now we, you know, we have a real loyal clientele that um, continues to call on us as they get new projects and, and new things come about. So um, I just want to continue, continue doing what we're doing. And hopefully, I'm hoping with Blue Family Fund, you know, every single dollar that you give goes to help a family. We don't take salaries. We pay all the expenses ourselves. So I'm just hoping to spread the word, get more exposure for Blue Family Fund. So maybe we can get some recurring revenue coming in that, you know, when, when something tragic does happen, you know, we have the funds to help immediately. Um, so we can kind of be proactive um, versus reactive to those things. Absolutely. I think you're on a very noble mission there. And it's pretty amazing to see what you're doing for the community and for, uh, you know, for the people that keep us safe. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. They're, they're uh, a, lot, a lot of these guys, you know, in, especially in the smaller towns, they, they just don't make hardly anything. And they really are doing it because they love it. You know, they, they really can't see themselves doing anything else. And, you know, I just admire that. I admire anyone who can be that, that dedicated to, uh, to serving others for sure. And that includes, you know, our servicemen and, and all first responders. 
you know, I wish you continue to grow and grow beyond the state of Texas into other states as well with what you're trying to do. Hopefully, yeah, that'd be great. We're, we're open to anything, <laughs> for awesome. sure. Awesome. So where can people find you if they're looking to either find more information about Point Blank or if they want to do somehow, uh, you know, interact with you on the Blue Family Fund? How do they get to find you? Sure. Well, we have, you know, websites, pointblanksafety.com um, and bluefamilyfund.org. But I'm also all over social media um, at Stacy McGovern on just about every platform. Or you can find Point Blank Safety just on every platform and Blue Family Fund on every platform. Also on the Blue Family Fund site, you know, we have some really cool Back of the Blue t-shirts and things you can buy um, if you'd rather uh, donate in that way. Um, there's some great things on there. You can, you can um, create the design supporting law enforcement that you can purchase. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stacey, for joining us today and uh, kind of educating us about what you're doing for the policemen that are out there and wishing you the very best as you make progress. And um, we'll make sure we spread the word on your behalf as well. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I love your, your podcast, Plan B. Mine ended up, I think, being maybe more like Plan C or Plan D. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, as, lo as long as you get there, that's, that's the goal. And, um, you know, I just the only thing I would want to share with your audience is, you know, um, life is, is all about timing, you know, and uh, just because one thing doesn't work doesn't mean the next one won't. So keep, keep the side hustles going and, and you never know which one's going to pan out. Thank you so much, Stacey. Thanks for joining us today. Sure. Have a great day. Appreciate it. Hey, I hope you liked that episode. Do check out my website, rajivmudumba.com. And by the way, do check out Top Podcast Mastery Program that's out there on the website. and. If you're interested in podcasting, if you're interested in creating a brand image for who you are and what you have to offer, definitely check that course out. I'm sure it's going to provide you immense value and it'll cut short your journey of researching podcasts by the weeks into a couple of hours to get started and moving on. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.